It's time for JT the Brick. The years are ticking off, JT. <laughs> it doesn't matter who you're playing. You know, you got to show up. you got to play at the highest level. You're not going to win in this league. JT the Brick. Hey, Raider Nation, let that sink in. Since 2018, he has 25 interceptions. Raider fans go crazy around here when a guy gets two for the entire season. Anytime, JT. And uh, hi to all my uh, Raider fans out there. And go Raiders. And now... Here's JT the Brick. All right, Vegas, NFL Draft. We are the epicenter forward on the flagship of the Silver and Black, the Raiders. JT with you, noon to three. Noon to two, excuse me. Thursdays, noon to two, three to five. A lot of radio to do here with the draft in town, and I am thrilled about it. Thanks for joining us. This was brought to you by our good friends at Golden Entertainment. They own the Strat, Arizona Charlie's 64-plus taverns, the SG bar where I go to at the top of 215 in Flamingo, Sean Patrick's, oh, come on, all of their spots here for the draft and a must-win for the Golden Knights tonight. We've been trying hard to get the Golden Knights going on this show to no avail, I guess because you put silver and black on our colors here. We've run off some of the Golden Knight fans Golden Knight fans, I'm your last bastion of hope. I am here today. This is a must win. This is the entire season. If they win, they can have a miracle chance to get in the playoffs. All they need to do is get in. All they need to do is get in. Get in. If they lose tonight, the season's over. And if they lose tonight, the season would be over very dramatically. Uh, Heading into the draft, and then we're going to just talk NFL. So we got a lot of people in the building Really excited about hockey and nervous and a must-win tonight. So we'll get to that a little bit later on in the show. Great day today. I was up at 6 in the morning playing 18 holes of golf with a former colleague from the Raiders who's now with the Jets, my former boss. So I got 18 in today, back here in time, all prepped up with my draft guide, my draft notes, and the ability to hit the town. As Thursday, we are live from Caesars Palace, outside, inside Cafe Americano, noon to 2, uh, three of my favorite Raider diehard fans will be there. El Senor, Gorilla Rilla will be there. Violator, they're all going to come in support of this show. And I'm inviting everyone in the Raider Nation to kick off the draft with me, courtesy of Modelo, in one of the best locations we can get. We're actually blown away that Caesars and Modelo got us this real estate. For the draft, I'm going to be down there later for the Raiders draft party right across the street. And hopefully... It's a sea of humanity. I have a vision that sometime on Thursday, I'll be crossing the street from Caesars to head over to the Cromwell for the Raiders event, and I won't be able to cross the street. There'll be so many people, I'll have to go and figure out how I'm going to cross the street. I'm hoping that happens. A lot of people are comparing Vegas to Nashville. Can we break that record? I think we can. We got more people in Vegas than in Nashville, but how many are here for the draft? We'll see. Raider fans, this is on you, Raider fans. Raider fans got to show up. We don't have a draft pick as of now until the third round. So on Thursday, I think it's going to be a great party. Uh, Coming up at the bottom of the hour, former second-round pick Lamar Houston, as we look back at the history of the Raiders draft. Interesting story with him. He was a very good player for the Raiders off the edge. Linebacker, edge rusher, one of the great motors I've seen with the silver and black. He played in some big games. Good guy. Haven't talked to him in a while. He's going to join us then. 1245, Jeff Sherman, the vice president of risk management over at the Superbook at the Westgate. How to bet the draft. I am fascinated on this topic because I think it's an important one. Loose lips sink ships. 
So people are betting serious money. You can't bet a lot on the draft, but you can bet on the draft. And if you think you know something, and you know something in an organization, or you think something's obvious, you can bet it. Or you can bet a risky move and think a player outside the top ten could get drafted in the top five. This is going to be a fun conversation about betting the draft. I think you want to bet the draft. We had Bill Krakenberger on last week, and he says he pounces on this as an inside gambler. He thinks this is value where if you know football and you know the draft and you listen to other teams and what they're doing, you might be able to make some money betting the draft. We'll talk to him. Former tight end Anthony Beck, who played with the Jets and Tampa Bay, and he's an analyst for the Jets. The Jets got two picks in the top ten. He's a really good national analyst. He'll join us at 1.30 Pacific time, and we'll talk to him, and we're working on a couple of other things as we get going. All right, what I want you to call on today, if you want to get through at 702-365-9200, is Darren Waller and the fact that he is being rumored, not by the Raiders, not by anybody I know with the Raiders, not by any Raiders media, but the rumor of Darren Waller potentially in a trade, a draft day trade to the Packers, to get after the Devontae Adams deal. The rumors are he would have been a part of a deal there in a package with Devontae Adams and the fact that the Packers couldn't get him, that the Packers still want him, and maybe they'll do a draft swap with the Raiders for Darren Waller and the Raiders could get back into this draft. Jeremy Fowler from ESPN tweeted, I got a firm zero chance Darren Waller is traded from a source. Teams certainly would like to acquire a top tight end on a good contract, but the Raiders have no plans to acquiesce. That's the same thing I'm reporting and I've reported in the past, being inside the team. The Raiders have no intention to move him. Could that change? I doubt it. But why is everybody talking about it? Because we need rumors heading into the draft, and he's one of the better players here. And people believe he needs new a new contract, and I think the Raiders are in a great position with Darren. First, Darren's a great guy in the community. Brilliant. He's an unbelievable player coming off an injury-plagued season. He's, I think, protected in the amount of money he's making by the Raiders. The Raiders can decide to make him a long-term Raider and give him more money or have him play out his contract. As I've told you over the years, I don't get involved in people's money. I know Darren is a friend. I don't want to sit here and say that he's overpaid, underpaid. I think the Raiders and Darren agreed to terms on his recent contract extension and what he would get. And it was a short period of time ago. So a bonus for Dave Ziegler would be to have a player like Darren Waller under contract who's great or has the ability to be great in a league where a lot of great tight ends are playing now looking to be paid for future services because their deals are coming up. Darren Waller's deal is not coming up. So the Raiders can get out here and hold on to him and have him work with Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro. If the Raiders were able to move Darren Waller for draft equity, I believe it would be a major step back. To get Devontae Adams with Darren Waller is huge. To get Devontae Adams with no Darren Waller, eh. You know, it's Devontae Adams who I think is great, but I think Darren Waller is also great, and I want them all, along with Hunter Renfro. We all know that Hunter Renfro is on the verge of being extended at some point because he's a 100-reception guy. Now, the reason why some of the Packers media is biting on this is they believe that Waller won't be happy long-term because there's only one football, which I've talked about for years with Derek Carr. I think that's a problem around here. Good problem to have, but it's a problem. There's only one football. So if you're into production, 
and you're Hunter Renfro and you want to have 100 receptions a year, and you look and you see Devontae Adams here and Darren Waller and a lot of other good players, you're going to say, man, how am I going to get this many looks? Well, the Raiders now have Josh McDaniels who can get everybody the looks and the touches that they need. Darren, uh, Derek Carr didn't take the bait, but he went on social media to say laugh out loud and hell no that Waller isn't going anywhere. So there are a few Raider fans, as I've been looking at social media today, who are trying to think that he's going to be gone by the draft and the Raiders could fight their way back into this draft. That would be disappointing to me. If the Raiders want to trade multiple players who aren't going to be here, other than Darren Waller, to move up and move up a little bit, move into the second round, I'm all for that. If you're not going to be a Raider next year, after this year, move you now. Get them out of here now. We love all these players. But if the Raiders aren't going to sign a certain player a year from now and they can get some draft equity now and put a package together with former first-round picks, wink, wink, do that deal all day because, hey, you don't want to pay them. You don't want to pick up fifth-year options. You don't want to do that. Include some of those players in a package to go get younger players that don't cost much and go get them now. See, I think the Raiders offensively are loaded, absolutely loaded other than the offensive line. So if you're going to get rid of Darren Waller, which I don't think they are, and my sources are saying no way in hell, then you got to get a starting offensive lineman on top of something. You can't go get rid of Darren Waller for a draft pick and go draft an offensive lineman who could be a bust, who could be a bust in this league, even though Dave Ziegler knows what he's talking about. It's too much risk-reward. So I love Darren Waller. I love him in the community. I'm bringing this up because a lot of people are talking about it. I got a request today from a radio station in Green Bay to talk about it. I declined because I don't want to go on a Green Bay radio station and talk about Darren Waller leaving. And if the host puts me on it, I'm going to push back. And I want to do that. I wanted to golf today and get ready for the draft. So whatever you think on this, if you want to partake ahead of the draft on Darren Waller, and I think 90% of our callers would not bite on this and want to keep Darren Waller, but that's up to you. 702-365-9200. I want to see the Raiders loaded. I want to see the Raiders good. I want to see the Raiders loaded with great players on both sides of the ball. I think the Raiders are really close to having the most complete roster that we've seen in a long time. Remember, the Raiders went to the Super Bowl after the 2002 season. The Super Bowl was in 2003. Now that's 20 years to the 2022 season. So for about 20 years, the Raiders have had some 500 teams, below 500 teams, but nothing really great around here. I think the Raiders are on the verge of greatness because of Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Derek Carr, Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, and the number of players that they have. I don't think the Raiders need to take a step back with greatness by giving up any player who can be considered a pro bowler. I don't care what the value looks like in the draft. So that's where I stand with that as we open up the show. And the other big topic I want to hear from you is where are you going? What are you doing when you're getting into town? Got a lot of people streaming the show in L.A., the East Bay, San Francisco, up and down the West Coast in Arizona. What's your plan? How do you want to take advantage of Las Vegas and the draft? Promote whatever the hell you want. Come on in and tell me what you're doing. Tell me where you're going to be. Who's coming with you? You're bringing the kids. You're bringing a buddy. Is it a road trip with the guys? Who are you coming in with, and what are you planning on doing? we got to treat this like the biggest party that Vegas has ever had. New Year's Eve doesn't count. That's not sports. This should be the number one 
biggest sporting event in Vegas history. And there's been a lot of big fights. Hearns, Hagler, right? We've seen great fights. Muhammad Ali Ford here. Floyd Mayweather, McGregor. That's on the Mount Rushmore. Might be number one when it comes to overall value and dollars spent. Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor. When you look back at that, UNLV winning a national championship with Jerry Tarkanian, a huge event. The Golden Knights, inaugural season going to the Stanley Cup final, hosting the Stanley Cup finals here. Mount Rushmore event. This has the opportunity to blow it all away. But we've got to thread the needle. We need everybody to behave. We need everybody to be good and friendly. We need everybody to welcome everybody. No shenanigans and have a great time. Have a great time. So we're talking about the party the next two days, and I hope you can show up and see me at Cafe Americano. That's Thursday at noon, noon to two, as we keep up the draft here on Raider Nation Radio. And I'm thrilled about that. I'm almost as thrilled of Kyrie Irving getting eliminated from the playoffs. That, to me, was unbelievable television last night. I had a great show on the radio as we start with that here. Kyrie Irving's a player I don't like. I think he's a head case. I think he's a cancer, and I nailed it with him because he wasn't vaccinated for COVID-19. He wasn't available. He missed 53 total games on the season and was the reason why the team had a bad seating in the the playoffs. Because of that low seating, they couldn't get by Boston. Boston has Jason Tatum. What a game and series he had as he dominated Kevin Durant, and he was the star of the series. Durant misses the second free throw. Rebound Jalen Brown. Outlet, dangerous, but it gets to Smart in the front court. Smart going to take it in, go to the left hand. Misses offensive rebound. Al Horford and the Celtics lead by four. <laughs> Give me a damn broom, somebody. This is over. That's great on uh, Boston Radio. Here's the final call as Boston does something spectacular. They sweep a team that was considered a super team at the start of the season and embarrass them on the national stage. Second free throw. Rims out. The ball ends up in the hands of Kyrie Irving. The clock hits triple zeros. And midseason, the Boston Celtics were the last team anyone was looking at. In midseason, the Celtics were nearly last in the NBA in offense. In midseason, the Celtics were the last team people thought could contend for a championship tonight. Celtics radio on the call. So that was a really big deal last night. I was euphoric. I really celebrated that and had packed phone lines all night because most people don't like Kyrie Irving for the way he broke up that team and was a distraction all year. Even in the postgame, final game of the year, Kyrie Irving was all about nonsense. He's the reason why the team never had a chance to gel. You guys went through so many things off the floor throughout the season. How much do you think all of those events impacted the way the team played on the floor? I think it was just really heavy emotionally this season. We all felt it. Um, I, I felt like I was letting the team down at a, at a point where I wasn't able to play. You know, we were trying to exercise every option for me to play, but I, I never wanted to just be about me. And I think it, it became a distraction at times. You know, as you see, we just had some drastic changes. You know, we, we lost a franchise player. Uh, we got a franchise player back. But, uh, you know, we didn't get a chance to, to see him on the floor. There was no pressure for him either to step on the floor with us either. You know what I mean? Like, Ben's good. We have Ben. We have his back. He's going to be good for next year. But now we just, we just turn the page and uh, look forward to what we're building as a franchise and, and really get tougher. 
so that's why I said some added motivation. Um, you get swept like this. Uh, didn't necessarily play as well as I, I would have liked. But now we just look uh, for the future as a team and what we can accomplish for the next few years. And I get excited about that. The guy's literally lost his freaking mind. If you look at COVID, okay, and the hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of people who have died for real with COVID. The amount of people vaccinated in New York City with over 8 million people, 98%, not 78%, 62%, 98% of the NBA was vaccinated. Players, coaches, and staff. That's the, not the majority. That's the mass majority. He decided not to. He had no explanation for it because he doesn't know anything about it. And he's the reason why the team got swept. All because he was selfish He didn't stand up and say, I'm not getting vaccinated for this, that, and anything. He's a knucklehead, and he cost his team an opportunity. And this guy, Kevin Durant, and Kevin Durant looked like a shell of himself. I think he's just done putting up a Kyrie Irving, James Harden, who forced to trade. I feel bad for Durant, but he's got to make his bed and sleep in it. So it's a lot of stuff that happened throughout the series that just didn't work in our favor. And what I like the way uh, we tried to come together towards the end of the season and salvage what was lost, you know, with guys being injured, guys being traded, just, you know, so once we finally got together, we had a mission and wanted to make the playoffs and see what kind of noise we can make. And we didn't make any noise, but we got to the playoffs. We got to the playoffs? What the hell happened to Kevin Durant? We got to the playoffs? Kevin Durant got to the play-in tournament with all the loser teams that underachieved. I mean, I can't believe when these guys say stuff. Really, that's what the essence of sports radio and my job is. We don't talk about victories anymore. We talk about losses. We don't talk about the people who do great things silently. We talk about the idiots and the people who say dumb things, and we just pounce all over them. Wow, what a mistake Kevin Durant made, leaving the Golden State Warriors, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, to go to Brooklyn and play with this train wreck of a team. It's a massive topic. If you're an NBA fan, 702-365. 9,200, we could talk about that. So that's the monologue brought to you by Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence. If you're walking down the strip and they're allowing you to drink on the strip, salute Remy Martin with a Remy Martin cocktail in your hand as we open up the show, and I'm ready to roll today. Joel in Monterey, what a great place to be today. How are you, Joel? JT, I couldn't be better, man. Life is good. Joel, you're on the radio as Bobby set you up. Go ahead, Joel. You're up first. Go. Yep, I'm I got you. What I a disaster, you, Bobby. Nice. Saul in Vegas. Is Saul there? Okay. Who's there, Bobby? No. Are we on the air? <laughs> All right, Bobby. That's way behind the scenes radio right there. Good to know. I thought we were off the air. As Bobby's worked up today. Good to see that. 702-365-9200 as we open up the show and get going here. So Bobby will reset the phones and we'll get on the air and we'll get this thing going here. 702-365-9200. Matter of fact, we'll come back next and we'll reset the phones. We'll get the uh, phone bug out and we'll get your phone calls as we get going. We'll reset. Anthony Beck will join us in an hour here and we'll get everybody up here ready to go. Remember, Thursday... Thursday, we are at Cafe Americano, where I saw the footprint yesterday, and it was fantastic. As we get rolling for a great live remote, uh, come on down and see us from noon to 2 as we kick off the draft right above the strip, ready to roll on Raider Nation Radio.
as Carr drops back, throws middles open. Waller's got it at the 47 yard line and down on a big 20 yard gain here to start this initial drive. Waller was open and Carr did not miss him. Roxberger on the call. Wonder what he's doing. I bet you Brand will have some action as he always does. As the draft is here, JT with you, brought to you by Grimaldi's, best pizza in town. If you're having a draft party, get together, have a great time with the draft party. They have unbelievable $50 gift cards. Head on out to Grimaldi's, pick up to go for the best pizza during the draft. Nothing like watching the draft live if you're going to happen to be there, but if you're at home watching it in prime time or over the weekend, Grimaldi's. The best pizza I ever had. Randy Mueller is going to join us. The former GM was great. Love having him on. We booked him late. We'll talk to him coming up on the other side here. Saul in Vegas, if you're there, start us off on Raider Nation Radio. How are you, Saul? Hey, JT. Can you hear me? I'm, I'm I here. got you. Sorry about that. Go ahead. Thank you. <laughs> no worries. Hey, uh, no, I just wanted to comment in. Uh, you know, uh, this whole thing with the, with the draft when when it first came around and, and, we, and we lost it due to, you know, the pandemic. Mm-hmm. It was a little disappointing. I was super pumped, you know, because all my life, you know, uh, I wanted to attend one of these things and then to have it here in your hometown. I mean, it's just what else can you ask for, you know? And, uh, you know, going into the draft now, you know, uh, with everything transpiring, it's been it's been awesome. You know, it's been awesome to really be a Raider fan in the last, you know, mm-hmm. few months here with everything that's been happening with the change and, and all the the re-sign-ups and, you know, all of our new Raiders that we have now. And as far as I'm concerned, you know, um, we our draft was a month ago when we signed Adams. You know, we got the best wide receiver. We got the number one overall pick as far as I'm concerned. But uh, everything else is just it's just icing on the cake, as I saying. But, you know, I'm looking forward to the draft. Um, I wasn't going to, you know, after, you know, a little bit of the fizz died down where we didn't have a pick and everybody's telling me, well, why are you going to go and this and that? I'm saying, are you kidding me? I'm going to have a draft at home, and I have the opportunity to go out there and, and take my son and, and see all mm-hmm. the festivities. So, you know, I took the day off, and, hey, brother, I'm going to be there at 12 o'clock. I'll be there at the cafe, and I'll be having a, a cold Modelo with you. Thank you. you. Pre- <laughs> we'll see you there. Appreciate that. Thanks a lot for doing that. Thanks for coming in here as we're all set to go. I, I look at it this way. It's pretty easy for me. We've all been to parties. We've been to Raider parties. If you've ever been with me, the Raiders in New Orleans, you know, there's always a game. There's always something happening based on the Raiders. Here it's about the Raiders being a part of the draft in their new home city now. we got to show up. And, again, I'd rather have Devontae Adams in a draft pick any day of the week. So I think that gives you the opportunity to just enjoy the party and have fun and then sit around. And if there's some breaking news, if there is some breaking news on the Raiders getting a draft pick, it is going to be fantastic. So we'll all enjoy that. If and when it happens, if not, we'll wait for the third round. Nick in Long Island, good to hear from you, Nick. How you been? Good, JT. How are you, buddy? Everything's great. Thanks. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna try and do this slowly for these people listening. If they're the same people on all of these Twitter replies talking about this Darren Waller story, that that they just keep quoting this story that this deal was agreed upon. Well, there's like three different ways we could look at this. First of all, if this deal was agreed upon and the NFL said no, you can't do that. That's insinuating that the Raiders, Josh McDaniel, Dave Ziegler, who were trained on the Bill mm. Belichick, and the Green Bay Packers don't know the rules, which is very hard yeah. to believe. But for the sake of the argument, let's just play along and say it was agreed upon. Okay, we're going to send you Darren Waller and a first-round pick for Devontae Adams. League says, no, you can't do it. Raiders say, okay, take our second-rounder. The next day, and then every day since that day, which has probably been about 40 days now, 
they could have just swapped Waller for the second-round pickback. Why didn't they do that then if this deal was apparently agreed upon? Because it never happened. Yep. That's why. And then people think that just because they read it or saw it on Cheesehead TV, that means it, it happened. And the other part of it, too, is if this actually happened, how has it been 40-whatever days where not a single major insider has known about it? And if it did happen, Darren Waller, I'm sure, would have known about it as well. And then he wouldn't be showing up to voluntary camp where he's only making $6 million a year in the first place where the team just tried trading him. So none of this makes sense. If you just look at it rationally, there's so many holes in this story that doesn't add up. I agree, Nick. I got to run. I appreciate you. I never took it seriously here. A lot of people in the Raiders are not. And I'm just surprised that there's a couple of Green Bay media outlets and a couple of Green Bay reporters that are talking about this and trying to stir the pot and get it going because Aaron Rodgers needs another weapon because they lost Devontae Adams. I think that has a lot to do with this. They're trying to get Aaron Rodgers another player here and stir the pot considering that Darren Waller is one of the most important players on this Raider roster. 702-365-9200. Member of the Oakland Raiders, 2010 through 2013. What an edge rusher. What a guy who played with a burst. The 44th pick overall, round two in the 2010 draft. We welcome Lamar Houston back to the flagship Raider Nation Radio. Lamar, good to talk to you again. How you been? Good. How you doing, JT? I could not be better, man. I love the way you played. I love when you came to this program and what you did coming out of Texas. Before we get to your draft day, Tell me about that when you were back in Texas playing in really big games off the outside as a linebacker, an edge rusher. They even moved you inside. It made you a very versatile player, which made the NFL really interested, right? Yeah, it did. Uh, you know, when I, when I got to college, I was kind of a big kid, so, you know, I kept putting on weight, and they just kept moving me down. <laughs> so, um, it was enjoyable, man. You know, I, I just went to the Texas football game last weekend, and we were talking about how magical it was when we were playing, and you know how hard it, it was, it is for the team to get back to where we were, and you know how much more people appreciate what we were doing, and how much more we appreciate what we were doing. We didn't even really realize it. You know, every weekend for us is just like a game for the W. Mm-hmm. You know, that's going on, but you know, my time there, winning forty-four games and only losing four, it seems a lot harder than it, uh, it actually is. Right, yeah, it's it's interesting because, again, I remember you playing in college before you came, and I was anchoring the draft when you came, and everybody was excited that you fell down to the Raiders with that pick. What was your impression coming out of college in the draft? Did you think you were going to go in the first round, mid to end first round? Were you surprised when you were there on day two for the second round? Well, honestly, day two, I was just excited to be at the draft. You know, um, I had an underdog story. I was predicted to be a fifth-round draft pick, so... You know, the first round wasn't never really in my eyes. I was just so appreciative to be there in, in the atmosphere, the radio, music hall, and in New York, and all the lights and the cameras and the commissioner. It was a very exciting time. You know, I'm sitting next to the greats like uh, John Randall and, and Jerry Rice and Deion Sanders and sitting next to the Gronkowski family. It was just a great time. And, you know, when I got dropped into the Raiders, I was just excited. You know, when I got picked up, and I really wanted to go and make an impact immediately, so I you know, really trying to hone in on getting the business and, and not get there fooling around. So I was, I was just appreciating that I maybe saw something that made pick me up. Lamar Houston is our guest, former Raider. So walk me through Al Davis and draft day and what was going on and when you got the phone call and those first couple of moments when it sank in that you were going to be a Raider. Well, funny thing is my nephew who at the time was about two or three years old. 
And uh, my sister and them put him in a silver and black suit. And so we're sitting there. He's sitting in a silver and black suit. And, you know, the picture's going. People are getting picked up. You don't know where I'm getting picked up. And my cell phone rings with Tom Cake on the line. And uh, he's like, you, you want to be a Raider? You ready to come here and, and make an impact and, and change the culture and, and bring what you've done in Texas to the Raiders? And I said, yes, sir. I sure am. And uh, got excited and walked across the stage and really just was soaking all in my family. It was a great time for us. And then I met Alan Davis and, you know, that guy, guy was really sharp. Bless me, peace. I had so much respect for that man. Um, you know, he really told me why I was there. He's like, I see you stand up to St. Williams. That's what you're here to do. And you're here to make plays. I said, yes, sir. <laughs> awesome. Lamar Houston is our guest. So when Mr. Davis passed, you had a memorable game with your teammates there. What was your memory of that, playing under that type of emotion and being a leader on the team and having to go out there and make plays and help your team win? What are your top memories of that game? Well, the same way, you know, we were, we were in the dark fight in Houston, and uh, we knew RD just passed, and his, his mantra was just win. So we kept saying that to each other and looking at each other in the eye and we wanted to do it for RD. And, you know, I made a couple plays. I got a pick. You know, I tried to, try to take it from the house. I had much bigger than didn't quite get there. But, you know, winning that game and everything to the organization and then everything to the family and then everything to the players, you know, it was a really special moment uh, in the Lakers' history. Wrapping it up with Lamar Houston. Lamar, what do you think of Vegas now and everything that's going on with the Raiders? Max Crosby got an extension. Derek Carr, who you know, got an extension. Uh, Devontae Adams comes in. We've been talking about Darren Waller. They're playing at Allegiant Stadium, hosting the draft. A lot's changed from the years in Oakland now in Vegas. How's that worked out for you? I think it's been great. You know, the Raiders are a top-notch organization. They're one of the only organizations in the NFL who respects and honors the alumni and played there. And I think that's really what makes it a special place. And, you know, I was really proud of those guys last year fighting through everything they had to fight to and still make it to the playoffs. Said a lot about that group of guys. And when you have a group of guys like that, you want to keep them together, you want to keep them strong and going. And I think the GM's doing in the right direction by extending all the players who are making the foundation of that team. And I think this year's going to be an even better year because they're going to have a lot of stability. They're going to have a new, new coaching staff. And everybody's going to be on awesome new great role. I'm expecting great things out of those guys. And plus, when you're playing in a stadium like that in Vegas, I mean, what else could you ask for? That place is amazing. Absolutely. Tell everybody what you're doing with you and your family now. What's going on in your life? Well, you know, I'm an old guy now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm retired. I, I'm about to finish business school at Red McCombs at the University of Texas. So I'm very excited about that. And uh, I've been working with my startup company that does age uh, restricted goods out of smart vending machines. That you'll see around the country here soon and that's coming years. Excellent. Good to talk to you. We hope to see you out at a few games this year. The alumni department thinks the world to you. Thanks for doing this the week of the draft. Of course. No no problem. I'll be there, J two. Good talking to you, my friend. You got it. Lamar Houston, happy we could get him up here as we count down to the draft coming up here on Thursday on the flagship Raider Nation Radio. 9.20 a.m. He was a really good player. He came at an interesting time with the Raiders. It wasn't a, a Raider team that was considered a great team from 2010 through 2013, but he was a hell of a player, and he, he was productive, and he had a motor, and I love guys like that. You know, he wears number 99, and I wish when we look at Cleland Farrell, I wish Cleland Farrell would play at the speed of what Lamar Houston did. You know, Cleveland came in as a fourth pick overall. Lamar went in the second round. 
Raiders got a lot out of him. And I'm hoping that Clee Farrell plays at the level that we saw the burst of Lamar Houston. Because he was a tweener. He was a big guy in college, played D-tackling on the edge. And then he had the body that could explode on the outside for the Raiders. I really enjoyed him as a player. Nice to catch up with him. 702-365-9200 as we continue. Joel and Monterey. Joel, if you're there, JT. thanks for waiting. We appreciate it. Go ahead. JT, thank you so much for giving me another shot. Thanks to Bobby. Sorry yep. for the fumble when I called in last time. It's Listen, okay. 99, love Lamar Houston, man. Loved it. Was so bummed we didn't re-sign him. My boys bought me a 99 jersey when Sap signed with us. Never wore it. Couldn't take it. Couldn't take it. But listen, talking about Darren, uh, almost said Darren McFadden, Darren Waller. You get, you don't get rid of Darren Waller, man. You just don't. It's it's clickbait. It's much ado about nothing. You got mm-hmm. the right of it. Not no chance in hell you get rid of Darren Waller. In addition to being a young, exciting human, outside of sports and football, this guy was sober before Max was. Love Max. Love what he's doing. I've been sober three years. It's mm-hmm. tough. It's an everyday commitment. And Waller did it. He didn't look for any credit. Not, not even talking about, you know, everybody wants to complain about him being injured. He wasn't the guy he was the year before. He was hurt, man. Injuries happen. You try playing with a high at 6'5", relying on speed. You know what I'm saying? You got the right of it. You don't trade Waller. Maybe down the road. Just not now. Not to mention all the two tight end sets that, that it's rumored that McDaniels is going to employ. Waller and, and Moreau, come on, man. Devontae, Hunter, all those threats. Anyway, that's all I really got for you right now. Thanks for taking me back. Yeah, no problem, friend. No, you didn't fumble at all. We appreciate it. We, we got our act in order, so I appreciate it. You know, PackersTalk.net, PackersTalk.com, excuse me, is blowing this story up. So they, they put it out there on their site that the Packers are in trade talks with Darren Waller. So with that being out there, everybody started retweeting and looking at it. And reports, so this is from PackersTalk.com. Reports have stated that the Packers were interested in Waller from the initial deal, but the Adams franchise tag complicated the trade talks. And then they went in to talk about Waller and what, the, what, he, what he could do for the Packers here. So I don't think it's a real deal. It was a website that picked it up, but all of our insiders – and beat writers have commented on it because they're being asked about it. And a lot of the Green Bay Packer writers are talking about it. At PackersTalk.com, the question then becomes whether to use the draft capital on prospects or to turn back to the Raiders and a proven talent in Darren Waller. This will be for Brian Goodenkunz to decide. So once you put something out like that and everybody starts picking up on it, you know, I look at Ian Rappaport, Jay Glazer, Adam Shine, if they're not talking about it, I don't take it seriously, but there's a lot of Raider fans in my mentions and a lot of people asking me about this, and I've said the same thing. I haven't heard anything. I don't think it to be true. It doesn't make any sense to me. So as far as I look at it, everybody can go kick rocks. But if something does happen, we'll be on the air the next two days. But I don't think Waller's going to be the piece in any move that moves the Raiders up. And if I'm wrong, you know where to find me. Alan in Vegas, you're up next on the flagship. Thanks for waiting, Alan. Hey, JT. Uh, with Waller, you know, I'm with you. If I hear from somebody who has some credibility to him, then I'll look into it more seriously right now, you know, whatever. But I am excited for the draft. Nobody parties harder than the Raider Nation. No one gets down like us. It's crazy how there's boosters all over this place. I mean, as far as Charlotte, North Carolina, Seattle, Washington. There's a couple of boosters in Portland. 
but everybody will be in Vegas and wearing silver and black and supporting our team, the Raiders, in our home city where our draft will be. I am so stoked. Uh, I will be joining you at sometime around noon at Good. Cafe America, and then I'll be at the Bellagio in front of the stage to watch our first-round picks go walking through. Uh, if anybody's out there or will be coming out here, find me. I'll be glad to have a drink with you or just to talk some ball with you, and we'll see everybody there. It sounds good. Look forward to seeing you Thursday, Cafe Americano, right there on the outside, inside of Caesars. Great location. Jeff Powell, uh, how, H-O-W-E. And you can find him on Twitter at Jeff P-H-O-W-E. He's the national insider for The Athletic. He's got about 140,000 followers, and he tweeted, the Packers asked for Darren Waller as part of the Devontae Adams trade per source. The Raiders weren't going to accept it. Sources also said at the time the league wouldn't have permitted a player swap in a trade for a franchise player in Adams. That's what got this going. Uh, Derek Carr retweeted, LOL, no chance. So there are some blue checkmark guys talking about this out there and stirring the pot. The great Chris in West Oakland heading into the draft. Hello, Chris. Hey, JT. Not so much about the draft. And I owe you a call on the night show. I, I can't tell you how happy I was watching the Brooklyn Nets get swept out of the playoffs last night, but that's that's a national call right now. It's a Waller thing. And number one, let's just let's just talk about the, the talk trading Waller at all. Even I've heard before, oh maybe the Raiders want to move back into the first round. Well, I'm like the same thing with Devontae Adams. We're not going to get a draft pick this year that's going to be a better player than Darren Waller. Waller. But where this makes absolutely no sense on any level, and I know they've talked about paying Waller in the future. Darren Waller doesn't have one year left on his contract, JT. Correct me if I'm wrong. He's got two years two. left, of which I believe he's owed 6.8 this year and in the 8 or $9 million range the next year. There's absolutely no reason to look of trading one of the elite tight ends in football who's now going to have a true number one wide receiver on the outside so he's not going to be the guy double team. It makes zero sense. This is just people stirring the pot. And I get tired of hearing these guys when they talk about contracts. Let him play his contract out. The Raiders took a chance on this guy after his substance abuse problems. Darren Waller doesn't strike me as the type of person at all that will get disgruntled and mail it in like so many people do. This makes sense on absolutely no levels. The Raiders seem like they've gone all in this year. They've done everything we've wanted them to do for years with the pieces. They're fit around. I want to see them concentrate on the offensive line a little bit in the draft, maybe pick up another lineman. But everything Ziegler and McDaniels are doing, absolutely everything, it would fly in the face of that reality if they were to look to trade Darren Waller because there's no way trading Darren Waller right now makes the Raiders better on the football field next September in any way, shape, or form. And I believe the Raiders are in a two- to a four-year window where they think they can get to and win a Super Bowl. Trading Darren Waller does not help them along that fact. I think this is a ridiculous story. It grows legs because social media is so crazy nowadays. My guess is that Darren Waller in September is going to be right alongside Hunter Renfro, Devontae Adams, catching his six to eight balls. He might not catch as many balls, but it'll be a bigger impact because there'll be bigger plays because he's not going to get double and triple teamed anymore. And if I'm Darren Waller, the last thing I want to do is leave this receiver core after three years of being the guy that's had an X marked on his back. Thank you, my friend. Enjoy yourself in the draft. Have plenty of Modellos and a shot of Crown Royal, and I'll uh, 
catch you on the night show. Thank Later. you, Chris. Always good to have you because you are a voice of reason. And again, if it's ridiculous, I agree it's ridiculous, but there's a lot of blue check marks and people giving this credence. I wanted to come on the radio and downplay it here. Uh, I think other guys are going to come on behind me and downplay it also. And that's what happens around the draft. Everybody's looking for anything, throwing stuff up against the wall, looking for anything to make the draft more interesting. Three out of the top ten teams reportedly want to trade back now. That's a big story we'll get to next hour. Jeff Sherman from the Westgate on how to bet the draft. An important interview. If you want to make some money this week and betting on draft picks, we'll tell you how. I've been saying all season since he got here, you know, he just needs to be aggressive and he, he needs to be himself. Um, you know, that's you know, that's not really my job. Um, you know, that's probably on coach uh, to, you know, talk to him and tell him to, you know, take more shots, uh, especially if they're going to guard me the way they've been guarding. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's really not my job. That's Joel Embiid on James Harden, another guy who's been a disaster for teams heading into the playoffs. JT, back with you. The Vice President of Risk Management at the Westgate, the Superbook, joins us every week, Jeff Sherman. Jeff, let's jump in on betting on the NFL draft. A big, big picture for some of our listeners who might not be up to speed on the size of the handle, the amount of bets, amount of money you can bet on a certain prop with all of this. And, you know, just teach us a little bit about this. Well, it's a lot less than what people would envision. You know, this is a very small market, and limits at a lot of places are very low on it just because it's really just information-based, and it's not like booking a game. And a lot of places, you know, we just got these up yesterday and tried to be as informed as we could be. Some places will go up a little bit earlier and see a lot of movement in these props. For instance, just on Sunday, you had a shift in the number one pick. So when we went up yesterday, now Trayvon Walker is the favorite to be the number one pick. Hutchinson not so where for the last few weeks he was so you see a lot of fluidity in these markets so there's a lot of places that will take low limits move these numbers aggressively like if you bet somebody uh, at a pick em price and you want to bet it again it might move 50 cents off of one bet so you know this is something the books are really aggressive with and take low limits on yeah very interesting to me when we talk to you about what happened at the Westgate and the Tom Brady retirement and coming out of retirement what are the similarities to this when you're counting down an hour or two before the draft and all of a sudden information starts leaking where a team might decide that they love a player at number two or number three and some of that information out well the one thing that the the guests have to remember is in nevada per gaming regulations we have to close these 24 hours in advance okay so you have until wednesday at 5 p.m to wager on the draft props in nevada so make sure you get down early if you're interested in being involved with this stuff. So late information wouldn't affect us here. There you go. Jeff Sherman joins us. So is this an evolving bet for bettors down the road, or do you just think because of the limitations and the amount that people can bet and the interest and all this and shutting it down a day before, is this something that you're envisioning five, ten years from now is going to be much better, or this is it? Yeah, everything keeps evolving, and I think mm-hmm. uh, down the road we'll be able to take these even during uh, during in-progress wagering on it. I know in New Jersey we can do that, and we have these available in other jurisdictions. So outside of Nevada, we'll have these props up until the draft starts. And I think, you know, as there's competition in each state and the guidelines, 
Uh, and then you'll see more selections. Everything will keep evolving with this as the years go on. Jeff Sherman over at the Westgate, the VP of Risk Management. So the liability is done for you on a big level with the Lakers and the Nets being eliminated from the postseason and the Nets getting swept, I'm assuming? Yeah, well, the Lakers, as we've talked about all season, have been the largest liability. The Nets, we had some liability in New Jersey, so that did help out. Uh, and we're in pretty good shape on all the other teams. We have some a large liability on the Bucks in Nevada, uh, which you know they're one game away from advancing against Boston. So to that end, we went ahead and threw up Celtics Bucks series price last night because that's going to be very interesting for a lot of people. And we opened Boston a heavy two dollar favorite against Milwaukee plus one seventy five. We've seen steady Milwaukee money so far in Boston minus one eighty. Uh, Milwaukee plus 160, but that's going to be an intriguing second-round matchup. That's fascinating to me. So the reigning champs of the Bucks are plus 160 now, Celtics minus 180, and everybody just watched on TV. You know, we look at what we see, and everybody's really high on this Boston team. What would you see with the way they played defense, how they were aggressive at the rim? They made Kevin Durant look ridiculous in that series. They were physical with him, and Durant looked like he almost – he didn't check out numbers-wise, but he didn't have the body language and ability to dominate the Celtics. Yeah, they were frustrated. There's no doubt about it. And what we've seen over the second half of the season is Boston doing this. And even when they played lesser competition, they were handling by 30 to 40 points. So Boston's been the set, the best team in the second half of the season, power-rated-wise, at least in our eyes. And a lot that goes into that series price number two is Chris Middleton's availability for Milwaukee. You know, we had heard about a week ago that it could be three to four weeks. So Celtics ending their series quickly. Milwaukee one win away if they end it tomorrow then that's less time for Middleton to get back on the court in that series. Uh, a lot of sharps on New Orleans or what? New Orleans here without Devin Booker is really a live dog here since the series started. Phoenix doesn't look right, but I really respect Phoenix's home court advantage. Yeah, not so much tonight. They've stayed away tonight, and it's public on the sun. But they were in the games in New Orleans, and I would expect that next game, too, is the, the sharps to be taking the Pelicans as a home dog against Phoenix. But Tonight it's been mostly public. It's a short number at six and a half, and you can see the adjustment with Booker out where uh, game one, two, it was about ten. Uh, talk to me about Miami. Miami looks to be playing better uh, just quietly. It looks like they're under the radar, and Jimmy Butler's become an alpha again. He's dominating in his series. Yeah, Atlanta's had a tough season. They didn't live up to what they did last year, so from an opponent standpoint, we've seen that. And Miami's odds keep shrinking because now they're going up against either Philadelphia or Toronto. Philadelphia is struggling now, and that series being extended by Toronto. So whoever gets out of that doesn't look as formidable against the Heat, especially with Embiid's thumb injury. That I think that's, you know, we bumped the, the uh, 76ers all the way up to 20 to 1 for the title. Miami has shrunk to 6.5 to 1 right now. So Miami getting respect, give themselves an opportunity to get out healthy if they can, and possibly play Boston or Milwaukee winner. Yeah, Jeff, let's wrap up the NBA with the Warriors, and we know there's a lot of West Coast bettors that love the Warriors from Tahoe all the way to Vegas here. Steph is back, and, you know, they had a really good chance of putting Denver away. They'll have to work for it at home. Uh, what have you noticed with the Warriors, especially liability long-term if they get hot and Phoenix is in trouble and Booker doesn't come back? Yeah, I mean, the book's in good shape on Golden State. That is one team that we started out when we first hung these numbers last year in single digits, so we were aggressive with expecting to be at this point with a healthy roster, what we've seen in prior years. So it's not a team that had extended odds that you could have got down um, at a nice payday. They were 8-1, to one, I believe, when we opened them up. But we've seen a lot of money over the season on them. 
they're a small winner for us, but they're definitely public darlings right now in the playoffs. They're the favorites right now for the title at 11-4. to And, Jeff, finally, not just for Vegas, but all around the country nationally, the draft is good for business. It brings a lot of people into the casinos, a lot of people an opportunity to look at their app and want to bet. And they're not going to bet a lot on the NFL draft, but while they're looking, they're sure betting on other sporting events with everything coming up from golf to the Kentucky Derby to hockey in the playoffs here. So more eyeballs on gambling opportunities like the draft, I would think, means a bigger handle overall. Oh, no doubt. It does. It helps it, and especially, like you said, this week with everyone in town being involved in the draft, even though it has to close a day short, but people still have all the other opportunities with the playoffs going on, not yet NHL, but with the NBA playoffs going on, we have propositions on a daily basis and just so more, many more menu items for people to uh, peruse through. Thank you, Jeff. We'll talk to you next week. We'll wrap it up. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, JT. Jeff Sherman over at the Westgate. Very interesting. So I didn't know they closed the bets 24 hours in advance. You learn something every day. That's why I interview these Sharps. And you can't bet a lot on these draft picks. And there's a lot of gossip. There's a lot of rumor. I, I think it's going to be a big deal if you're in town and you want to have a little action on these bets and where they're going to go in the top five. If they don't go in the top five, they go six. You bet it five, five and a half over, and where it goes from there. I think this is going to be exciting because I've said this. I'm looking at mock drafts around the clock, and nobody has the same mock draft. Everybody's freaking out coming into this one. Will there be a run on the edge rushers? I believe yes, so. Will there be a quarterback that goes early that maybe shouldn't go early? Yes, I believe so. And there's two to three offensive linemen that you don't want to wait on. You want to get early and maybe you go and trade up for. That hour flew by. Uh, Coming up next hour, Anthony Beck, former tight end. He's an analyst for the Jets. The Jets have two picks in the top ten. Olden Polonese, our NBA insider. Busy day today as we count down to the draft on the flagship of the Raiders. 